Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of Layout. Today we're going to talk about job interviews, uh, how to get and prepare for them, and even share some advice on how to land your first job. I'm Rafa, and as always, joining me is Mr. Kevin Clark. Hello. How are you, man? I'm great. How are you? I am good. It's going to be a good show. Uh, just an inside baseball thing. We already recorded, uh, or tried to, uh, we had some troubles with you know technology, because it's the worst. So that's the reason why it took us um, so long and why there was a, a week without an episode. So we apologize for that, but we are ready for it. Like we change our workflow. We're very well rehearsed. Yes. Right now we have like combined, we have like what, 10 different recordings of this? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, so we're really ready uh, for this. Yeah, it will never happen again. Famous last words. But first, follow up. We do have some follow-up. It's going to be a quick follow-up, but uh, if you guys remember, we talked about uh, this new prototyping tool that's going to be, uh, it's built in to Sketch, and it's called Silver from Silver Flows, I think. Yeah. Um, so we talked about that. It was still uh, in beta. So uh, me and Kevin, like we both, uh, unfortunately, couldn't uh, land a, a beta. I tried everything. Yeah, we really tried. And by tried, I mean asked here. So uh, there are some news in that department. So apparently Envision uh, bought or acquired, however you want to put it, uh, bought the company uh, behind Silver. So the plan now is they are going to release that, um, basically the functionality of Silver, as part of Craft, which is uh, like this plugin for Sketch, which we talk about uh, from Envision as well. So the plan is they're going to release the, that silver as part of Crafts 2.0, which is coming soon. We don't have a release date, but uh, they have a video, and we're going to link that in the show notes below. So you can see the, um, how it's going to look, kind of. Basically, you have Craft and you have a, another new panel, which uh, is going to get all of those silver uh, goodies. Uh, I still i am curious to know how this is going to uh, work with Envision itself, like the product itself right um maybe you could create the prototype into sketch uh, using craft and then maybe upload it to envision and you can kind of like mimic that mm -hmm. uh, i don't know uh, i guess no one knows outside envision yeah well i think in the video they have a button that says uh sync prototype Ooh, i missed that so you okay. should be able to sync the prototype back to envision uh, mm -hmm. after you've animated that it. makes sense yeah so, yeah so we have no reason to believe that you know, uh, Envision will mess up this uh, thing that looks so promising. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to trust it. The, the, I mean, Craft looks uh, and works awesome. So, uh, yeah, let's give it the benefit of the doubt. I think this could be good for Silver, you know, have more resources and all. Um, yeah. So, yeah. The only downside really to this is that it might take longer to come out. Um, but I think mm -hmm. the having integration with Envision is pretty awesome and I, I hope that I don't have to open the web interface for Envision as much now that mm -hmm. I have this. I can do everything from Sketch and sync it and share it and be done with it. Be yeah, I, I think they, they wouldn't do that. I mean, despite everything, Envision is pretty good at not forcing its product down your throat. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, they have a bunch of blog posts. They have, like, crafts. You can use crafts uh, without a... Like, Envision really is not there. It's like a plugin from them, but 
Yeah, and the fact that uh, this silver thing is is coming in the form of craft too, and not you know Envision Sync or Envision whatever. Uh, craft is still like a side product from Envision, the main product, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, should be cool. Yeah, so in theory, you could be just using Craft and now with the new silver without even having a, an Envision account. So mm-hmm. don't fear like <laughs> if you if your company doesn't use Envision or something like that. It seems like you're still going to be able to use Silver uh, and probably for free now that they've acquired it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting developments. Yeah. All around good energy, good things. Yep. <laughs> All right. This is for follow-up. That was, that was fast. So let's uh, get to the main topic, which again, it's all about job interviews. All right. So job interviews. Um, we know we have a lot of uh, listeners that are new to the world of design. Uh, they're like right out of school, uh, stuff like that. And um, I personally get asked really often um, about jobs, how to get an interview, how to prepare for them, that sort of stuff. Um, so I think the first point uh, we should start with is how to get an interview. And so the the first thing I had in mind was have a portfolio. Um, and that seems dumb. Like it seems like pretty obvious, but <laughs> I've seen lots and lots of designers, especially um, there for maybe more senior people, um, that um, forget that <laughs> they still need a portfolio if you, they want to get an interview somewhere. Yeah, that um, kind of fades out. Like, <laughs> yeah. as older as you get, you kind of like start dismissing the portfolio part. I feel like which kind of makes sense, but yeah, still. Yeah, I I feel like we all make one portfolio in our life and then never update it again, <laughs> uh, which is a shame. Because um, I think the your portfolio really is the first thing that someone from a company is going to see. Mm-hmm. I can speak for what we do at Shopify. Like we're not really going to look at uh, your CV or LinkedIn profile as much. Uh, what we're interested in is seeing. Can you do the job or not? Um, it doesn't matter to us what school you went to or where you were in the past. Like we really want to see can you solve a problem really well? Um, and the portfolio is the best place to show that uh, information. That's right. So uh, I think a, a big question to regarding portfolios is what makes a good portfolio, right? Because mm. you could just um, you know create a web page, just uh, throw a bunch of screenshots of stuff that you. You did, uh, but I think it's uh, this is actually like an interesting topic because there's not a clear right answer. Like it's very subjective and, and it changes from opinion, like from people to people. But I think yeah. a good portfolio. Well, first is like how do you show the work and what kind of work are you showing, mm-hmm. right? We like you really shouldn't have every single project that you've done in your life in your portfolio. I think that's like it goes without saying, but you should handpick your best uh, and most proud work that you've done. Mm -hmm. Uh, You really should pick, um, like, try to steer your portfolio into the type of work you want to do, not necessarily what you've done, right? So, if you wouldn't want to go get into mobile app development or design, you know, maybe your portfolio should reflect that, even if that's not your the core of your experience. Um, yeah, most clients and like companies have no imagination. So they're going to want to hire someone that has the exact precise 
um, idea of like exactly the type of problem that they want you to solve at their company. Um, mm -hmm. So if you only have uh, done logo projects in the past and now you want to move more into UI, uh, when people look at your portfolio, if they only see logos, they're going to think, oh, this person only does logos. Um, so tailoring your, your portfolio towards projects that you want to do really is going to help you uh, land the right type of clients or get the hired at the right companies. Mm -hmm. And I think Agreed. like one common misconception uh, with uh, showing work in a portfolio is a lot of people want to um, show a lot of variety and show that they can do lots of different things. Um, and so that's why they include a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but the problem there is that um, people don't just look at your best portfolio, your best pieces in your work and judge you based on that. They do kind of an average. So if you're really good in UI, but are like kind of okay in doing logos, they're sort of going to do an average of all of that and be like, oh, this, is a, this person is like an average designer where mm -hmm. you might actually be a really awesome uh, UI designer, um, but you're just not like that great yet at making logos. Um, so it's really important to focus on, um, one, what you want to do, and two, uh, what you're good at. That's Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I completely agree. And um, another part of that, of the portfolio, is how you actually present it, like your yeah. work. Um, mm -hmm. And I really believe in, I kind of speak for myself, maybe this, uh, you know, some, some clients prefer to see something else, but what I want to see in a portfolio and what I really like to see is like the motivation behind your work. What actually have you done? Um, what was the process? What kind of, what kind of, you know, struggles and problems have you faced and how have you overcome it? Because if you just see, like in a portfolio, I worked at this app, three screenshots in yeah. a, in an angle. <laughs> uh, like that tells me nothing. I know that you work on that, but have you, were you the only designer? Have you done every single thing uh, design-wise? Have you jumped in the middle of a project? Uh, what was actually your role in this? Like that really tells me nothing. That's just like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of showing off. And what what were the constraints and... What are like the different user scenarios that you had to keep in mind? I, f right. I find that often the right solution looks obvious in retrospect. Um, mm -hmm. So, but as it you usually want... does. Sorry? As usually does, like the right thing yeah. um, always looks obvious. But I've, I find that as someone that's looking at a portfolio, I want you to tell me why it's not so obvious. Like, how did you, where did you start? And why did you end up where you ended up with? What did you try? Did you talk to users? Did you look at data? Uh, is there like an interesting learning that you had there? Um, what were like your main challenges? That's just the kind of stuff that is way more important than your actual solution at the end of the day. Yeah, tell the story because that's what matters, not the, the end result kind of matters very little. Yeah, um, really. And I, and I think that's also something that's important in also deciding where you want to work in a way of like what story are you telling in your career are you just taking jobs for taking a job or are you like really passionate in like a specific problem 
and you mm. want to make things better there because you're you're passionate about it or you just want to like get paid to make a website uh which i think is very different and in like is it's gonna show in the kind of work that you see if you're if you're passionate about the problem mm. and also the kind of language you use i think that that really shows me like the vibe and how the person sees himself in mm-hmm. a way um yeah so be proud of your work uh <laughs> and uh sh- like make your portfolio represent who you are in a way um so yeah yeah it's i've seen a couple unique portfolios um that were pretty interesting um so one of them for example um it was uh someone that came in um she didn't bring her laptop or anything but she brought like a giant notebook um hmm. full of sketches and ideas and like um different iterations and that was super fascinating because it didn't matter what the end result was <laughs> to be honest like but the actual thinking behind all of her stuff was so good i was like yeah hired <laughs> like for sure like i i want you to i want to work with you i think i'm going to learn so much from you um that i want you to work with come work with, with us um so sometimes being uh a bit creative in the way you you present your portfolio can be rewarding because it was like this really unique thing i had never seen anyone take this angle uh but it mm-hmm. really allowed us to focus more on the thinking aspect rather than the end result um and like everyone in the office remembered her because of that um uh, which is a great way to uh to mark yourself yeah Cool. So uh, after you nail your portfolio, uh, second piece of, of uh, second topic that we have here to, on how to get an interview is to put yourself out there, like be vocal. Um, and by that, I mean, like uh, maybe you're influenced on Twitter, like reach out to people, try to connect. Uh, you post a lot of your work on Dribble, and maybe you gain some followers there and start buzz or you write a... Um, uh, a couple of articles and post it on Medium or, or on your own blog and like create this buzz for yourself, not only to get quote unquote fame, but uh, this is uh, invaluable to create uh, connections and relationships. Um, and to give you an example, like right now, me and Kevin, we are talking because we, I don't actually remember when the first time I reached out to you or, or who started the conversation, but it was through Twitter. like. Yeah. So if we weren't really active on Twitter, we would never uh we would never met and we have wouldn't have started this uh, podcast. So that's like an example of how to put yourself out there and don't be really afraid to show what you're doing, how do you think and what are you working on? Uh that it can only bring good things, really. Yeah, and people when they're looking to hire designers uh, and the same applies to developers and things like that um they can't read your mind to know like everything you're doing so you have it's it's your role to put your stuff out there and making it easily discoverable um so for example for me that's how i got hired at shopify i never actually applied um it's people at the company that discovered my work and were like this sounds interesting uh let's talk to this guy um and then that's how i got an interview um so by putting your work out there 
you're sort of getting more chances of someone discovering the thing you do. And hopefully, if you're doing amazing work, um, then you're more likely to get noticed because that's a, an important part as well. Like you can have great work and but if no one knows about it, then what's the point? Like <laughs> no one's going right. to going to want to hire you if they they don't know about that you exist. Um, so and not only on Twitter, like uh, if you're a developer, maybe contribute to open source projects or or start one and, and you know, open source your you create a framework or something to help out. And if you're a designer, um, you know, create uh, like icon sets and share it for free. That will start the buzz. And uh, like I landed a job interview at uh, at Apple because of that UI kit that I made in Sketch. Like mm. I didn't I didn't start that with that intention, but that kind of puts puts you out there. That's like it opens you a lot of windows to new opportunities. If you're just like in your room, you don't share anything, you don't talk to anyone, no one will know who you are or find you, right? right. So, so there you go. And kind of it goes hand to hand with this is to be involved in, in like meetups and uh, conferences, events, because that, like being in Twitter and being social and all that, that really can, first of all, you're going to learn a lot most of the times. You're going to meet a lot of new and interesting people and, you know, people with the same interests as you. Um, especially, like, if you can't afford to go to some conferences, I feel that that's, that's always awesome. They can be a little expensive sometimes, but I, I never went to a conference and, and kind of regretted it. Like, I always meet a ton of new people, interesting people. And the fact that you're meeting them face-to-face, -face, I feel that it creates a different type of connection, like a stronger one than if you were just to reach out on Twitter and get a mention. Um, oh, definitely. So, yeah, that really, really, it's different. And then it's kind of, it changes everything. Have you, have you, have you, uh, have you seen this? Uh, like, you meet someone, maybe you, you were following them on Twitter before, but you meet someone face-to-face, uh, maybe grab some coffee and you should, like you have a conversation, and then after like your relationship on Twitter and all, it changes <laughs> in a way. Yeah, because like, uh, now it's it, way closer. It's not just a name on the screen, and like this is an actual person. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I find that people are way more open when you're like just grabbing a drink with someone, rather mm -hmm. than like exchanging back and forth like 140 characters. There's so much more that you can get get across. Um, so events are really great for that. And um, speaking of conferences and events, friend of the show, Ismael uh, Bursiaga, uh, he's putting on this great conference next month. And it's in Texas. Uh, it's for designers and developers. Uh, and there's a really great lineup. There's uh, Jared Nirandu, uh, Phil Kaufman, Val Head, Kim Bost. Um, they're all going to speak and there's way more people that are, that are speaking as well. Um, and it sounds like an awesome group of people. Like I really wish I could go. So, but, um, if you want to check it out, uh, you could go to, uh, squaresconference.com and, uh, Ismail was nice enough to give us a, a discount code as well. So if you, uh, you're interested and, uh, you want to get tickets, you can enter uh, Squares25 when you're checking out and get 25% off. So it's a really interesting conference to go to. It's already super affordable. And now you get 25% off on top of that, uh, which is really great. And I'm sure like 
you'll learn a lot and meet, meet tons of interesting people. I always think of these things as an investment in your career. Um, you're making connections and you're gaining knowledge. And most of the time, these investments pay back like way more than the amount of, of money that you spent on them. Um, yeah. So it's really worth checking out. It looks awesome. I wish I could go. Uh, as you said, like Jared is there. Uh, also, Meg Lewis, she is awesome. Is the founder of uh, Ghostly Ferns. It's an agency mm -hmm. in New York. Um, it looks awesome. All, this, all the the lineup and all. So yeah, thanks. Thanks to Ismael for the for the kind offer to all of our listeners. Twenty five percent off is still it's a lot. So uh, yeah. Yeah. And one thing I, I try to find uh, whenever going to conferences or um, going to a, like even a different city if you're traveling just for fun uh, is asking people ahead of time if they want to go and grab a coffee. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's a really good strategy because uh, most of us like we're all super passionate about design and want to meet new people and talk about um, things we do and um, that's a great way to get advice from people and <clears throat> sort of forge relationship with um, different people that are uh, doing similar work as you do. Yeah, and I never met anyone. I mean, I, ne I never asked anyone to go grab a coffee and got rejected. Like, people in this industry, they really like to talk about, <laughs> not themselves, but to talk about their, their interests and their passions. And, and it's the best way, like... Uh, a couple of months ago when I went to San Francisco, I tweeted at a bunch of people that, you know, I follow since forever and I really look up to them. And because um, it was the first time I was in San Francisco, I like I sent a bunch of uh, tweets asking to grab some coffee and uh, we did. <laughs> That's like, it was <laughs> awesome. It's a, kind of surreal when, I mean, especially like for me that I, I live in Europe. So most of all of these people that I follow on Twitter and uh, I look up to most of them are in the u.s and mm -hmm. most of them are in san francisco right so it's kind of like out of reach for me so when i yeah. when i'm actually able to go there it's like i want to get it all in like i want to absorb all this <laughs> energy that i've been uh, reading about since forever so so yeah uh, if you you know know someone that's in town or maybe uh, if you're fortunate enough to live in like big cities most of you know a lot of interesting in in, in talented people are around you so don't be shy and 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 just ask to grab a coffee or pay for for uh lunch to some people and then i'm i'm pretty sure they're gonna say yes and that's always a good connection to to make and maybe make some good friends start friendships yeah whatever. and like i was speaking at a conference last week in atlanta um and that's where the mailchimp offices are um so i tweeted like do i know anyone at, at mailchimp that Uh, would like to show me around their office. Um, and like 30 minutes later, I had um, David Sizemore, um, great designer. He's um, the creative director, um, I believe, at MailChimp. Mm -hmm. um, and he tweeted me. And in the afternoon, I went there. He showed me around the office. Uh, and we chatted for like an hour. Um, so That's awesome. Yeah, it's super awesome. It was lots of fun. And like, if if I didn't ask, like this would ne have never happened. Um, but like, just asking people really often gives you uh, great results. Like I, 
I've never seen, any, like you said, anyone that like just didn't want to go grab coffee or talk for an hour. And you really have nothing to lose. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I'm not going to reach out to John Gruber because he's super busy and famous. He will never uh, answer me back. Who knows? Like, <laughs> that's probably true. But you you have nothing to lose. Just And like the worst people. that could happen is like, oh, no, I can't. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Then, yeah, okay, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, so there you go. This kind of sums up all the kind of bullet points that we're going to tackle on how to get a job interview like basically have a good portfolio something that really represents who you are and the type of work you do so tell the story because that's what people are hiring you for is to work with you not to get the final result from you right mm-hmm. um and be also like be out there reach out to people create connections because you know what uh this can be a good or bad thing but from my experience and this is kind of like a no-brainer but when someone is uh, looking for um, to hire someone, um, the first thing they're going to like look into it is people that they know, right? So yeah. I work at um, Company X. We are hiring designers. Do I know any cool designers? It always starts like that. And then if I don't, I ask around like to all my peers and, and to all my friends, do you know a good designer that is looking for a job or something, right? So... And then only after maybe they open a position online and they start getting all the portfolios in an email uh, inbox. But if they know someone, like those connections are precious. So if you are in in that web of connections, it only um, raises your chances to to land a job. Yeah, and even from the company's perspective, like this is what we want. Like even more than new people applying if i already have like a connection with someone it's someone i know i know that i can trust them i know that um it's someone that's gonna get along well with everyone um so i already know all these things um that are given so that means that you don't have to like in interviews have to try to figure out uh these things um you know that like Oh, if this is Kevin's best friend, then he's gonna be like perfect here because, um, like, he's Kevin's yeah, there's, friend. There's a so. layer of trust. Yeah, that you really so, can't get. Yeah, anywhere. it it's yeah exactly. It's all about trust, and um, I feel like I, because I'm your friend, I know way more about you than I could figure out in a an hour interview. Um, mm-hmm. So that's always a good way. <laughs> it's like it's like a long term uh, interview process, <laughs> if you will. Right. Um, but um, yeah, that's super helpful uh, whenever you're starting out. Uh, before we jump into the second part of, of the topic, I just want to give a quick uh, like advice for um, to people who maybe like they are looking for their first job. Maybe they are still in college or just fresh out of college and. In that, I think that's a peculiar situation, kind of different from the rest, which is like the the first job, which usually you don't have a ton of experience or maybe you have none, actually. So you, you just mm-hmm. fresh out of college. You never work for for anyone, right? Um, the only thing you have to put in your portfolio is your degree and maybe a couple of school projects that maybe you, you've done. Um, just some advice for those. If you are in that position, I think... It's crucial that while you're in college, while you're studying, do stuff. <laughs> Don't just do your assignments that you have to do. Like, believe me, you think yeah. college uh, is pretty like very time consuming. 
and you have no time for anyone else, like for anything else. Believe me, you're gonna be way busier after. Believe me, you do have time. So, uh, I think it's crucial to start side projects while you're in college. Um, even this is kind of a very uh, hot topic, but you could uh, start doing some unsolicited redesigns just for the sake of it, just to try and to train your skills. Maybe just your skills in Photoshop or Sketch. Maybe just that, but mm. don't settle. Because if you do nothing and when you get out of college, you apply, guess what? You and a bunch of people are like at the same level. None of you are standing out. And if you don't stand out, uh, you will likely not be, you know, picked for a, an interview because uh, there's nothing really in you that stands out across a yeah. sea of portfolios and resumes. Doing personal projects show that you care and that you're passionate, and that's going to make you mm -hmm. stand out above like the rest of the crowd. Which is most people are just going to go through their classes, do what they're told, uh, but you want to be the person that is going to be proactive. It's going to like try different things and start new projects and have like ideas and be passionate about what they do and i want to touch on a little bit about um the redesign unsolicited redesigns because <laughs> i i think they do have a value like they they get a lot of flack in the industry um there's like hundreds and hundreds of medium articles about it but i think unsolicited redesigns are good for personal learning mm -hmm. it's sort of Uh, forces you to put yourself in the shoes of a different company and try to understand what the problems that they face. Uh, and they can also be a good exercise to see what it's like to to design a, a product that you, you yourself probably use every day or something like that and try to use um, their design style guide or stuff like that to sort of create a new interface. But... I think it's important to not mix that kind of learning with your portfolio. Yeah. I think your portfolio should be about real work or personal projects, um, not about more fictional work. Because um, when you're doing an unsolicited redesign, you really don't know what all the real constraints are. Um, so I've, I would want to want to be really upfront with uh, the person, the people that I'm interviewing that, The work that I'm presented is actual real work that I've done that solves an actual problem, whereas the unsolicited redesign can be an interesting exercise for yourself. Um, but I don't think it's a display of your work and how you um, get to understand problems and how to do you work with clients and other people to be able to solve them. So it's kind of the little nuance, nuance there. Um, but I think uh, showing... Uh, personal projects is is really interesting because that shows you're able to start something from scratch, get an idea, execute on it, and hopefully ship it. Um, so put something out there, and then um, that becomes real work because if you can get your, let's say you, you're making an iPhone app, uh, if you can get it in the store and get feedback from your users, then that's a, that's a real project. <laughs> Some people do that for a living. Um, so these yeah. are all great things to be doing when you're just starting out and you can uh, focus on things you want to get more experience in, uh, what you want to do more of and that sort of stuff. And uh, a couple of things that you could start the side projects, um, 
a big uh, inspiration for me is uh, illustrator uh, letter Jessica Hish. You know her, right? Mm. She's awesome. Um, yeah, she really is awesome. And she has a couple of great talks. Uh, they're online. You can watch them. Like Those really kind of changed me when I was in college. Like, the way I approach side projects and just do it. Like... <laughs> That that attitude. Um, uh, I think one of the most famous side projects of hers uh, was actually one of the first ones. In back in two thousand and nine, she started doing this. Um, it's called a daily drop cap, which is mm-hmm. every day she would um, she would draw like a, a letter, like it goes like through the alphabet. So it starts with A. Next day is going to be a, do the B and C in all the different styles of lettering, right? Yeah, and. This is something that you could um, you could do. Like it's not going to take you a lot of time. Like this is not a huge project. Like it's going to take you what, like thirty minutes every day or an hour. Um, and as you go, you're going to get better. And like these little things, you could start doing, which they kind of seem rather small in the beginning. But if you keep at it, you can you can uh, come out with an impressive uh, work. Uh, so maybe going in this type of um, type of, of, of side project maybe you could start if you really want to get into icon design maybe start uh designing one tiny glyph every day one icon every day um yeah. and keep at it and then in a month uh, you have a like a, a good icon set right mm-hmm. um so, uh, uh, merlin no not merlin man what's the name of the dude the song of day man oh uh jonathan man jonathan man there you go so now he's known for this it all started with a side project. I'm going to record and post one song, original song every day. And now he's song a day man. <laughs> like that's what he does. It all started with this tiny uh, side project at the beginning. Mm. So keep at and it. That made me think of uh, the 100 Days Project that was started uh, by El Luna and the great discontent. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind this is um, very similar. It's like do this one thing for 100 days. So you it can be anything. It can be take a photo. It can be um, there's there's one that I really like, which is a uh, hundred days of fonts, um, and it's a designer that decided to take uh, different fonts from uh, the Google Fonts library and try to make a little like section on their website uh, using that font in new and interesting ways. Um, mm-hmm. And the results are so beautiful. Uh, and in, what I like about these types of projects is that you can really see the progression over time. You can yeah. see that the more you practice, the better you get. Um, and it's also a great thing to show in, in your work, kind of the progression. Like you, sh- you should hate the work that you've done a year ago or two years ago because um, that yeah. shows that you're getting better. Um, right. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So there you go. Uh, I think this kind of, you know, gets us through the how to get a job interview. I think if you take into consideration all of these different uh, points, you're on a on a good path, I think. Yep. Which leads us to the second part of our topic, which is the types of interviews that... So once you land an interview, how is that interview going to go, right? What's yeah. the type of interviews and, and some kind of, like, do and don'ts uh, on all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we both uh, have our share of experience um, in in different interviews yeah. uh, at a different places. And now you like are actually conducting interviews, or you are interviewing people. 
Yep. Uh, so that's good to have like that side of uh, side of the coin as well. Um, so I could say that. Well, I, I've, I've interviewed at a couple of like big places like Apple and Facebook and those type of companies, and at all of them they kind of follow a very similar uh, structure, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say that it's kind of divided into three different interviews. So the first part it always starts with the general. Um, more like abstract, like life stories. So they want to know more about you. Uh, usually, don't you're not even going to show off work or you talk about your portfolio at all. It's just like a very informal conversation, and the company wants to know who you are as a person. Uh, that's kind of crucial because they are hiring a person. They are not hiring your portfolio. A big part of of this type of interview um, is being able to get across your personality. Who are you as a person and uh, what what you're interested in, what like how passionate are you? And one good example of, of this that I find often is like someone that's going to be referencing articles that just came out that's going to be able to uh, tell me about uh, this ev- design event they just been to. It's going to like give me a book recommendation or things like that. That really shows right. someone that's really immersed into the design world and that can teach me interesting things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this part is crucial because um, they are hiring you as a person. So, you know, they don't want to hire a very, very talented douchebag, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, because you're going to spend most of your day with this, with this group of people. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's very good to kind of, it's, I don't call it like, like dating, but it's kind of <laughs> like you're, you're trying to figure the other person out and try to get a sense of how they work and what's the, the mood. So I would say that uh, some advice for this stage is not only, you know, show that you're passionate, like you said, and, and you know, I think this goes without saying, but be polite and be just a good person. <laughs> That's always good. Um mm-hmm. But but some advice I would give is not only answer the questions, but ask questions. I think that not only is going to uh, show them that you are very interested in this. Like this is a, you're not just an, like sending CVs and just hoping that please someone hire me. Like you are interested in, in this and you're going to spend, if you get hired, um, you're going to spend most of your days with this, with these people. So ask questions to generally to 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 give you a better sense of how it is to work at this place. Yeah. Um I genuinely believe that an interview is mutual. Like as someone that's uh applying for a position, you should also be interviewing the company to see if it's mm-hmm. a fit for you. Um and it should not only be them trying to figure out if you're a fit for them. Absolutely. Um, and I think that also shows that you're someone that's responsible. You don't want just any job. You want the one that's right for you. Um, and right. a lot of employers can sense that when you're like actually p- asking real questions uh, and you're actually interested in learning more about how things are done over there and how you can fit in that company. Yeah, a couple of questions that I usually, they're my go-to questions that I really want to ask at this stage. First, I ask if if people uh, used to like if people hang out after, you know, work hours. Yeah, that's a great uh, one. Yeah, because it kind of it kind of tells you that 
if people like have real friendships there or just uh-huh. they just get in the office, do their, their work and then go home and that's it. Like if people hang out, maybe they have dinner, maybe they have a weekly, you know, beers after work, something like that. It shows that, you know, they are friends. People people are friends with each other. This is not just a workplace. It's more than that. And I think that's a really cool vibe that you can get um, just out of that question. And another one is, ask them what would they change? Say like... Ask them what are the bad things about the company. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. I never know what to answer. <laughs> no, everything is great. Uh, like it's um, well, first it puts them on a spot, like Kevin just, yeah. <laughs> just shared. Um, but basically, it's to get a sense of their attitude towards the company, right? Um, and there's also an interesting like. M- kind of meta question that's part of this which is are they in the mindset that they can change something about the company or is it like mm-hmm. oh there's tons of stuff broken but like there's no way we're, like i'm fixing any of that right yeah, yeah. there is that's another thing that you want to see is are they one can they diagnose kind of issues even though maybe sometimes they might be minor um and two, like, are they are the people that are empowered to make changes and improve the organization? Yeah, so, that's a good one. Really good question. What uh, is that it for the, the the first stage? Do you have anything else to add? Um, I loved your um your analogy between uh, interviewing and dating, <laughs> <laughs> but one part that that's kind of weird about it is that um interviewing is like choosing to marry someone after like your second date (laughs) right it is it is it's like a commitment yeah yeah um yeah so i don't know what this tells us about uh hiring (laughs) but um it's it's a really like short process right so i i think it's never going to be a hundred percent accurate like at the end of the day, a person's always going to have to make a tough call on like, mm-hmm. hey, like, is this a perfect fit? Yes or no? Yeah. So sometimes that means um, like some people get hired and then like it doesn't work out or you're like really awesome. But like maybe your interviews didn't go as well as planned um, mm-hmm. and you don't end up getting hired. But I think like that's like also an, an important part that to know that because you're not hired someone doesn't mean that they really think your work is horrible and like that you're no good it's just that like maybe something didn't go well or they're looking for someone with uh more experience in a certain area or they already have um like five interns at at the company right now so they're looking for someone a bit more senior that they have to spend a bit less time on to to train them and get them up to speed like there's always various reasons why things Mm -hmm. might not work out like ideally we'd be able to spend like a month interviewing and like make 100 percent sure everything's all right um but it's not the reality yeah and sometimes it it can feel a little bit personal like if you had rejected an interview don't overthink it yeah (laughs) seriously but it does you know because this is a this is a relationship that you are starting when you 
when you when you're interviewing like you are letting them know your story who you are right and in you know the goal is to get an offer to so you are kind of like attending to their needs like selling yourself in a way and if you get rejected it can suck but mm-hmm. <laughs> it happens all the time and yeah most of the times it's not even personal like it's not that they didn't like you it's that currently they don't have the role for you right so yeah yeah and i also think it's important at that point to really be honest and not just tell the people that are like talking to you during the interview what they want to hear you want to give them like exactly what you're thinking and tell them the truth the truth um because mm-hmm. for me i'd rather not get hired somewhere because i've been honest than uh get hired there but then like know that i kind of lied my way there and mm-hmm. then realize that it's not really the place for me yeah, um, they can backfire yeah yeah so you want to be as honest as possible and just lay out the facts and like this is who i am this is my work this is what i do uh if you don't like it that's fine um but if you do like i'd love to be a part of it, of this company let's let's assume everything goes really well for your first interview um now you're probably going to be moving on to a um, more design-focused portfolio review. Mm-hmm. And that's where um, people are usually going to ask you to bring a laptop um, to be able to present your work uh, and uh, choose like a couple projects to show. Yeah. And this is kind of like I can I, I try not to, to repeat myself when we talk about your portfolio uh, at the beginning of this, but yeah be well prepared you have to like pick your like your projects what are you going to talk about most of the companies like explicitly ask you to pick one or two projects so you don't want to take your whole history everything you've done and go through it most of the companies won't even let you um yeah well i often see people trying to show me like blazing through projects like oh i spent a year on this and then all right, now two years on this one project. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's slow down a little bit. We're going to look mm-hmm. at max three, then the other ones, like if we have like extra time at the end. But um, yeah, the, like you don't, the same way you don't need to show everything in your portfolio, you don't need to show everything at a portfolio review. Um, it's important right. to show like the most important pieces. Yeah, I don't have much to say here. I mean, it's mostly like what I said. It- in the beginning about the portfolio yeah okay um well i think another um thing that you should be aware of is um like be okay with being critical of your own work Mm -hmm. so let's say you're you're showing this project you're super proud of it but you've done it you've worked on it like a year ago and now like as you've gotten better um you realize that some of the things in there probably not all of it um some things aren't up to your new standards mm-hmm. be okay with just saying it like oh if i were to do this again today i would probably do, do this little part differently um because i learned this and that and that makes me think that um this different approach would work better um a good example of that would be like you made this app or something um that's super cool and works really well uh, but you've used like a hamburger button or something like that and you're like yeah you know what like with all the research that's gone into it today like hamburger button really doesn't seem like it might be the best approach 
Um, right. So if I were to do this today, maybe I would try a tab bar or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that works really well. Like that only gives you bonus points that you're able to recognize where you're you may have been wrong and the interviewer in their head is probably going to be thinking about um, these things that they would maybe do differently so mm-hmm. having you be able to say them uh, and be self-aware in that in that aspect is really going to make them more comfortable being like okay yeah like this per- person recognize uh what flaws are in a, in a design and can work yeah. on improving them you're gonna get on the same page right like yeah it feels that yeah we're, yeah we're on the same page like he knows what I'm, I'm thinking like exactly i agree with this guy and um not only that and most of like well not most but you will probably be um criticized or like the interview is gonna you know, offer some advice or, you know what, yeah, why, would, challenge why didn't bit. you put, yeah, that is a, te- like, don't be, like, handle that well, right? Uh, <laughs> people will criticize, not like in a in a negative way, but just like offer some, why didn't you do this this way? Or why did you pick that color? And uh, I, I th- wouldn't you think that maybe uh, blue is going to look better or whatever? Like, handle that well, like, this is, that's a good thing. People are all, like offering you uh, insights and opinions and knowledge. So, so one way is being, oh well, yeah, I've actually considered this, uh, but it didn't work for reasons X, Y, and Z, and sort of mm-hmm. push back and give your own um, like rationale behind uh, not uh, using their suggestion. And the other mm-hmm. one is just actually like legitimately saying, you know what. Yeah, that's right. That's a good suggestion. I I hadn't thought about this, yeah. and this would work really well. Um, and that's okay too. I don't think you want to be uh, agreeing with the interviewer all the time, and you don't certainly don't want to be uh, dismissive of all their suggestion either. Um, but it's really up to you to like judge in real time whether or not the suggestion is appropriate. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's great advice. Yeah, so... I think that's uh, pretty much it for portfolio review. Which leads us to the final stage, um, which is, a, how do you call it, like a on-hand exercise. exercise? Design exercise, all right, that's cool. So most of these stages, usually, they, they happen on-site. Um, the portfolio review can happen as well. Um, like, at their offices, uh, you're going to work with maybe alongside some designer over there. Um, and uh, it's they, they're going to give you challenges. They're going to give you some exercise to solve. And I feel that the goal of this is to for them to, to get to a better picture of how do you work? What's your process like? Uh, how do you think? What kind of hoops do you go through, right? <laughs> um, yep. So uh, I think at this stage is where, like famously, Google has this, weird exercises that uh you know give a good story but uh i know that we both have a couple of examples so um for me one of the most interesting one that i got was um for this company they asked me to design like the ui for an elevator uh in a building that had a thousand floors how would you design that ui right that's a really good one so that was that was awesome i love that (laughs) 
uh, this is just cool exercise. Like I would, I would love to just try to solve this like on my spare time, like this weird edge cases that makes you think outside the box. Yeah. Uh, just like, how would you make this tab bar with four items? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like different types of things to make your brain work mm-hmm. for a change. <laughs> yeah. I think there is a, f- a, c- a couple important parts to these design exercises. Um, most of the time, it's it's going to be something brand new. Like, it's not going to be, oh, design this app that plays music or something. Uh, it's going to be something pretty unrelated that you're not working on every day. Uh, and that's why usually it's important to, that you don't know what the the challenge is going to be like beforehand so that you can think on the spot about something. Um, usually mm-hmm. it's going to be, uh, you're going to have like some constraints that make whatever solution you create be um, maybe flawed in some way. I don't know if that's the the right term, but it's, it's going to be something like a situation that really usually doesn't happen so for example like an elevator with a thousand with a thousand floors like usually doesn't happen Mm -hmm. i don't think there's one (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that creates like a new opportunity for you to create a a brand new design solution there one example i'm not going to give the one that uh, we do with shopify because i know probably a lot of people that um would maybe like to apply a shopify are going to listen to this um, but, uh, one that I've heard was, uh, design an ATM for kids, which I found was kind of interesting. Like mm-hmm. it forces you to consider a specific, very specific type of users in a context that usually like kids would not like be in at all. So yeah, it's, I, I always think these are super fascinating problems and, like you, you just told me about yours, um, and now I want to. I just want to put out my my sketchbook and try different ideas, right? I know, right? <laughs> um, so usually they're fun, and uh, the idea there is the the interviewer is is not expecting a specific solution. That's really not what they're after, um, because usually there's plenty of great solution to solve that problem. But what they actually want to know is how do you think. So what's your process? Do mm-hmm. you list out the constraints? Um, do you uh, sketch only one idea? Or do you try multiple things and then uh, decide based on like the different tries that you, that you did, which one would be the most appropriate? They also want to know how are you working with them? How are you using the person in the room uh, that's there to mm-hmm. help you? Are you asking lots of questions? Are you um, good at explaining what your thought process is? Or are you mainly silent? Do you take feedback really well? Um, do you change your mind easily? Uh, can you uh, push back on uh, certain feedback that you might be getting? These are all like kind of things that um, they're tr- people are trying to ev- evaluate based on that exercise. Right, right. So I, I know that uh, Facebook famously, they do like an extra step in this, which is like, um, I think they call it design critic, mm. which is... They usually do this through Skype, but it's, uh, they're gonna, you're going to have an interview with um, two designers and they are going to pick an app for you. So you don't know which app is, so you can't really prepare. Um, right. They're going to pick a, an app that is um, like very popular, has maybe like millions of users, right? And 
the goal of that is for you to kind of criticize this, like spot nice. uh, some problems, spot some constraints. What, what, what would you do differently, right? Uh -huh. Like screen by screen and, and try to... I think that's awesome. Like it really puts you on a spot. So you 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 really don't have any way to tell which app it is. So it's like it really on the spot and just like... I, I, I think that's awesome because it's something that I do like unconsciously when I'm trying a new app, right? So to have that kind of experience and that um, that process to, to to basically share it with another designer is pretty cool. Um, my favorite my favorite interview that I've uh, at least for this stage was I'm not going to say the name of the company, but basically what we what we've done was we kind of mimic we like a, simulated a week's worth of work in a hmm. day. So. I went there like to their offices and like I started like in the morning I had coffee just like catch up with with some um, with some uh, employees over there then we had like a like a meeting with uh, like someone from <laughs> I can't really say much <laughs> like basically discuss the state of the product <laughs> like this talk about the state of the product maybe like uh, uh, brainstorm some couple of ideas right or at least mm -hmm. uh, focus, narrow it down on one part aspect uh, of the products. Then we would have like um, like a big meeting with the design team, kind of like talk about it, just brainstorm a bunch of different solutions, a bunch of different ideas, a bunch of different features. And then we're going to have lunch. We're going to like focus on one. So you design all the mockups alongside all the design team, polish those mockups. And then at the end of the day, you have... Um, like create a prototype of that feature so it's in one day very packed intense day but yeah. you start from hanging out talking about the whole product and then you're going to focus on something and at the end of the day you're going to have a prototype of a very specific feature that you came up with mm. that was awesome you get to meet a lot of different people not just like one or two designers but you meet like the whole uh, team so that was like an awesome experience it was pretty cool so that's my favorite uh, yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, but it, it's probably very time intensive on <laughs> the company's end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. But like when we were saying, like doing comparison between like interviewing and dating, um, that seems like it gives you much more time to get to know the person and how they actually work than simply interviewing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, that can be interesting. And it's kind of, it's kind of, and it's fun, it's, right? It, it's it's fun, but for example, I <laughs> like all of the all the interviews. This is not just for this specific type of interview. Um, you're gonna you're gonna be nervous most of the time. Mm. Um, you really you don't want to be, but it happens. It, you probably will be, especially if you really want a job, right? It's yeah, like you, if you're zero nervous, there is a problem. Yeah, something's wrong. Either you're really not, you don't care, or whatever. <laughs> so what I'm trying to get through is, in this example, I spent a whole day with it. Like, I, I when I was working, like, creating the mocks, I, I was very uh, quiet because I didn't want to bother people, like, with a bunch of questions. I had a bunch of questions. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, I, I don't, I shouldn't, like, interrupt these people. Like, maybe I'll just I'll be very quiet, which... Normally, I'm not. Normally, I'm talking about like right. all the time. Either I'm like in the zone, focused. But usually, I I go back and forth and like with a lot of people and just ask a bunch of questions. That's usually how mm. I work. Yeah. But at an interview, I didn't because I 
was trying to behave in a way. <laughs> um, and then, like, at the end of the day, um, a designer over there said, man, this is really quiet. I usually talk a lot. So <laughs> I was like, oh, man, if I knew that, I, I talk a lot. So, right. like, you're trying to, you want to be natural and be, uh, like, act like you would. But it's it's I think it's normal that you're nervous, you're trying to behave a certain type of way that you think they might want to see. So Yeah, and I at the end of the day, like if I if I could go back, I would <laughs> behave very differently. Well not very, <laughs> but uh, I would do stuff in a different way. Right. So yeah. Usually interviewers try to account for that, like the like nervousness yeah. and like yeah. Because you're in a context of an interview, like, of course, you're not going to be exactly the way you are uh, normally. Uh, but they don't do that all the time. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's really important to try to be yourself, um, mm -hmm. th even despite the stress. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Really good advice. So there you go. It's kind of covered at all, right? Yep. So before we go, um, a friend of the show, a listener, uh, Sebastian, he asked um, on Twitter, he asked us, what's uh, your worst interview experience and what kind of question should the interviewee ask in an interview? So let's answer this. You want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Um, so worst experience. Um, so I was, I was thinking about this um, Because I haven't interviewed myself that much because I've done a lot of freelance. So it's it's a bit different. Uh, it's more mm -hmm. talking to clients. Um, but so my my worst uh, interview was, is not design related, but it was like for it was my first job um, when I was studying. So like not even design related at all. Um, mm -hmm. So I applied at a tons of, of different places. One of them was a bookstore because I just loved reading. Uh, I was like super into books and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? Like, let's let's try applying into this bookstore. Um, so I got an interview, uh, but let's just say I was massively underqualified. I did not know that uh, people at a bookstore are like Wikipedia uh, for books <laughs> in a person. Um, so I had they gave me this questionnaire. And I had, I think, like an hour or something like that to fill everything in. Uh, but boy, like it was like really intense literature questions and stuff like that. I had no idea. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I loved books, but I mean, I wasn't, I, I didn't study uh, literature or anything. Right. Because um, I, was, I, was, I was in school. Um, so, uh, yeah. It really didn't go well. I've, I answered the questions I knew how to answer, and it took me roughly 20 minutes. And then <laughs> I stood up and I left. Um, and <laughs> people asked me, like, oh, you can take more time to fill everything in. I was like, forget it. I'm not going to find the answers by looking at the ceiling. Um, so, yeah, I didn't get the job. <laughs> mwah, mwah. Well, I guess it yeah, makes not sense surprising. Like people need to... If the customer is going to ask them questions about, oh, this book, which book would you, you know, uh, yeah. recommend it if you like X, I guess. Yeah. But I never thought about that. Yeah, that's cool. But I th it also maybe was a bad, like, job description because mm -hmm. I thought it was just, like, you're going to organize books and, like, when people want to <laughs> buy books, like, you just work the, the cash register. 
mm-hmm. but it's way more than that. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, my worst experience was uh, not that long ago, but uh, it was uh, for a design position, and uh, I knew really like I didn't know much about the company, but um, mm-hmm. I knew they were like an agency, and they did um, they had like big clients, right? Right. Um, for did they reach out to you, or did you approach them? Uh, they reached out to me. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, uh, they, we we booked um. We scheduled an interview, and I went there, and their office is in a very corporate part of town, if that even makes mm-hmm. sense. And um, so their offices were, like, cool, but very corporate. People were wearing shirts, like a suit, not ties, but, you know, they were very well-dressed. Not, they, wouldn't wear, they, they weren't wearing T-shirts and stuff like that. <laughs> but, so that, like, gives me the sense of, okay, I kind of know what kind of place this is. Right. Um, so I, I, I met, uh, had a chat with... Um, it's like the CEO and he was not a design director, but kind of like that, you know, the creative okay. uh, in, people in charge of <laughs> the guy in charge of the designers, basically. Uh-huh. So uh, we, we we were talking about, you know, my past experience and all, and they were very, uh, I just sense this bad vibe coming from them. <laughs> they kind of trash talked some uh, previous uh, bosses of mine, employees of mine. Uh, and um, just like being negative and being really douchebags, and one of them even managed to throw um, a sexist joke over there. So I was like, "What? No, this is like, you know." Uh, halfway through, I kind of changed my mood. Like, okay, I'm not actually interviewing. I'm just waiting for them to shut up so I can leave. Right? So <laughs> yeah. my whole attitude changed, and um, so that that happened, and then I <laughs> left. And they they asked me to come back to to talk about uh, numbers, basically. So I was like, I definitely don't want to work there, but I kind of want to know, uh, you know, how much will they pay? Just I want to know how high can this get. Um, right. <laughs> so I I went there, and it's and, also uh, good. I mean, if even if you didn't plan to to work there, to know mm-hmm. kind of if you're interviewing at different places, what like other companies would pay for your right. services. So, yeah. yeah. Now, again, like I had nothing to lose. Like, yeah, let's yeah. hear them out. Uh, so I went there and uh, when I arrived, the um, the guy I was meeting with, uh, he, I guess he wasn't available, it was a meeting or something. So um, this uh, receptionist asked me to, to wait on this uh, lounge, whatever. So uh, I was waiting there uh, and I waited for almost like half an hour, stand, <laughs> wow. like sitting there. And, um, yeah, that was it. I, I stood up and I left. I said, <laughs> I said, uh, Hey, so I'm going to go. So oh I God, left and yeah, I mean, I didn't offer any explanation. I just left. He never reached out to me again. <laughs> Thank God. So oh, yeah, that was yeah. my worst experience. The second part of the question, like what, what kind of questions should the interview ask? I think we kind of mm-hmm. answered that already. Yeah. We mostly um, covered it. Yeah. So Yeah. That was it. <laughs> thanks for your questions, uh, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah, thanks. If, uh, if any listener has any questions or topic suggestions they'd want us to talk about in future episode, don't hesitate to tweet us. Like We love getting these, and it's interesting to be able to talk about topics that you're actually interested in. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, don't hesitate to tell us on Twitter. We also have a contact link, not button, on the <laughs> website. 
I had to I had to bring it back. Um, and you can also send us an email. Um, so yeah. yeah. And the That's, website is layout.fm. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> yeah, and we are at layout.fm on Twitter. So that's where you should uh, mention us. And we have uh, in our, like, the bio, uh, we have the links to our own personal Twitter account. So if you want to follow us there as well. All of that stuff is going to be in the show notes, uh, along with links to upvote the podcast on Product Hunt and Designer News. That really These... helps us, by the way. Sorry? That really helps us, by the way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, oh. <laughs> this is super important. This is how people discover the, the show. So like one vote might not seem big when you're, uh, when you're doing it, but it actually makes a difference. And I was talking to people who um, told me that they discovered the show because uh, it was at the top of uh, Product Hunt um, a couple episodes ago, and that's how they discovered the show. And the only way we can get there and have more people discover the show is with your help. Um, so if you like the show, please tell your designer friends and uh, upload it. And my offer still stands. If you want to do a iTunes review, I will print it and frame it and put it in my house. Um, so there's that. All right, don't miss out on that chance, on that opportunity. And uh, I will talk to you guys. I'll see you next week. Cool. Bye. Bye.